Hey guys, what's going on? Jordy Cannell here. Thank you so much for checking out this week's episode of The Bullpen Cart presented by Thunderblogsports.com. It is myself and Greg Piatelli recapping the week that was in baseball. We talk a little trade deadline, hot and cold team, some Phillies talk, some Red Sox talk. We try to make some predictions for the post-trade deadline 2019 season. We also talk stadium snacks, bleacher creatures, including one that started about a lawsuit featuring the Philly Fanatic that led us down a rabbit hole that included some gritty talk, the Tom Brady extension. It was a pretty crazy second half of the episode. Cannot wait to hear what you guys think about it. As always, though, make sure you like, share, and subscribe to the podcast. Make sure to give us a follow on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Podcoin, wherever you get your podcasts. Again, search The Bullpen Cart wherever you get your podcasts. Leave a nice little five-star review, and we'll give you a shout-out on a future episode. ThunderBLG is our handle on Twitter, Thunderblog Sports on Instagram and Facebook. But again, let us know what you think in the comments on ThunderBlogSports.com. And here we go. And we are live! Welcome to this week's episode of the Bullpen Card Podcast, presented by ThunderBlogSports.com, the namesake of the Bullpen Card Podcast feed. Subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Podcoin, wherever you get your podcasts. I, of course, am the G-Man, and joining me after a bit of a hiatus is my good friend, everyone's favorite Bostonian, Mr. Greg Piatelli. How are you, my friend? Uh, the dog days of summer. Is that a thing, or is it just winter? No, dog days of summer. I've never heard dog yeah. days of winter. The long day, or the short days of winter, I don't know. The dog days of summer is definitely a thing, though. Yeah, the, uh, Red Sox are real good. That's how I'm doing. How are you doing, Jordy? Hey, you know, uh, not, a not as big of a losing streak as the Sox, but the Phil's, uh, you know, they're in a precarious spot right now, being tied for wild card two, but seemingly doing everything they can to play themselves out of it. I'm sure we will talk about it in plenty when we get to Phillies talk, but it's been an interesting two weeks. It seemed like things were turned around against the Dodgers two weeks ago, and uh, boy, things have changed. I'll say that. How was your birthday? Yeah, so yeah, that's a good point. We haven't even talked since my birthday yet. Uh, birthday was a couple weeks ago. It was good. The Phillies actually won in a wild 15-inning game. Like, they lost on Friday night. Uh, but, yeah, it was good. Uh, third and girl surprised me. I had some friends over. And then uh, this past weekend, because I was traveling for – I was down the shore with some friends, um, as Jared and I talked about in our last podcast a week and a half ago. And then last week I was away for work. So finally celebrated it with everybody this past weekend. What were you about to say? Sure. Yeah, it was a pretty pretty crazy time, you know. But glad to be what, into August and everything. What, what show were you at? Uh, we were at Avalon. We had a softball tournament that was mainly played there. Uh, we mainly hung out in Avalon. So we went down the beach. We went out to the Princeton, which is the more popular spot in Avalon. The P, as the locals call it. Had a pretty good time there. <laughs> yeah, the P. That's what they call it, man. Don't, don't knock it till you try it. Uh, it's a good, it's a good spot. Now, Avalon, Avalon, New Jersey. Avalon's yeah. like the nice part. It's not like 
it's not like it's like the Jersey Shore, like the show. It's like Avalon's like the where the rich people go, right? Uh, yeah, it's one of the more it's one of the nicer beaches, but it's right in terms of the South Jersey beaches. It's right there in the thick of things. It's probably about forty five minutes south, not even forty five um, of Atlantic City. Then there's Sea Isle that's right there. That's it's a pretty bumping spot. That's uh, of course where Jeff Carter and Mike Richards would always go, and that's why Peter Laviolette decided to trade them when they were back on the Flyers. All three of them were part of the franchise. Um, there's Wildwood. That's where you hear a lot of the crazier stories that come out, uh, both North Wildwood and regular Wildwood. Cape May's right around there, too. So, yeah, the southern tip of New Jersey. I think the show was a little closer to New York. I think that was Central Jersey or maybe even Northern Jersey beaches, like Bruce Springsteen territory. I could be dead Sorry. wrong, though, so somebody correct me. You sound wrong. Yeah, I'm not a big shore guy. We, uh, My mom's from Chicago, as I've talked about on here, so their version of going to the Jersey Shore was going up to Michigan, spending time on the, on the Big Lake. Uh, so that's what I normally do, and I'm actually going there next week, so I'm pretty excited for that. Yeah, that sounds awesome. It sounds like you are uh, I'm soaking new it job, in. new apartment, new new life, new birthday. I mean, new birthday. what a year this is going to be for you. <laughs> yeah, I tried to soak it in before, uh, before football comes back. What year this is going to be for you, huh? 29? Year of, uh, what is it going to be? Year of the what? Give it a title. Oh, boy. Year of the Reckoning. Year of the Reckoning. I like it. Oh, what do you think? What's a, what's a good redemption for you? Ooh, redemption? Oh, yeah, to 28 was pretty <laughs> shitty. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, I'm saying this is your comeback year. Yeah. This is your rebound. Return, return, is of, your, the, return of the Gordon. Nice. Return of the Mac. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Let's see. Yeah. Glad you glad they got the, the Greg stamp of approval. Also, finally got you officially on for Thunder Cup three. So got a little scared. Got a little scared you weren't coming because you didn't reply right away. But we're all set with you, the co-captain, former MVP. I mean, I mean we need to have you there. We need to. You're the you're the the two-time winner. Uh, I don't know who won MVP last year. You might be the only. I mean, you might still be sitting on the crown. We might not have awarded one. I, I should have won. I last two years I've smoked whoever I've played. Yeah, I mean you won it. You won it two years ago. That, let's just say you won it again. You're sitting on, still on the throne. It's yours. You're like Joanna Cespedes with the home run derby in like the mid two thousands. Come get it from you. I love it. Yeah, uh, I was also there when Matt took a little spill. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Oh man. Oh yeah, that's a little. That's a little too. Little two inside baseball right now. Let's get into to real MLB I've baseball. Seen, I've, seen, I've seen I've seen every I've seen someone break break the driver, and I've seen someone take a spill. I mean, I've I've witnessed every major thing that's happened. Jared will add probably that you witnessed him drive the golf cart down the hill, but that's uh I don't know. He there's a little bit of a rant saying, there. I'm yeah, that's at the Thunder Cup. At the Thundercup. Yeah, it was on the 17th hole of our second round. He was in the group in front of us yeah. playing very slow, glacially slow. And Matt decided to drive his his golf cart down the hill and drove it up drove it up forward. So Jared had to drive it back down the hill backward. And he's very proud of himself for that. Yes, I do remember Matt also driving a ball into Jared and Jared stepping on it. And I thought it was you and me that did that. It was Matt? Uh, I don't think it was us because he... I don't know if he would have messed with – he definitely would not have messed with my ball. Yeah, that's a good point. Maybe it was me and Matt. Because I remember – I think mine might have gotten close and Matt hit his hit his group. Maybe that's what it was. Because I, I definitely remember being one of the guys hitting it. And, like, we thought he was away, and we didn't realize he was right there. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, yeah, whatever. Um, yeah, we'll talk about that. Let's not do cold teams since 
since our two teams are probably there for the respect. Actually, there's another team in the National League that could take it from the Phillies. But let's start with hot teams in the American League. Greg, you want to start or do you want me to start? American League? Yeah, AL. I'm going to go Tampa Bay Rays. There it is. Rays watch 2019. Uh, Still on. Rays watch. Um, you know, a team that coming to the deadline, you know, didn't people didn't really know what they were going to do. Turned around, got themselves uh, Aguilar from the Brewers, and Praise really Jesus. solidified the yeah, really solidified the DH position for them, um, and really had to compete with the Indians and a team like that, who's not only the Indians not only going for the wild card, but also for the Central as well. So, um, and with the Athletics getting hot as, as they seem to do now. Um, the Rays really needed to do something to keep pace and keep track. And I think they made the right move because they have the pitching. They have the pitching on, on both the front end and the back end. So they just needed the uh, the hitting. And I think this is a guy who, in a strictly DH role, could, uh, could do some wonders. So um, for me, Tampa Bay Rays, they have won, have won six Straight games. Yep. Um, Eaten two in their last ten, specifically, yep. including sweeping the defending World Series champs Red Sox uh, at Fenway Parks on the road. Um, they're have since won two in a row versus the Marlins, playing them again today, and then took three out of four or two out of three versus the Blue Jays uh, right before they swept the Red Sox. Uh, so a great little stretch for them after. Um, Picking up a big bat and helping them helping their offense. Yeah, he's batting over five hundred since they got him. And the big thing there, Greg, too, that we haven't really gotten a chance to talk about because it happened last week while I was away. Blake Snell went down, and he's going to be gone for about a month and a half until mid September. They're projecting him to come back, and that's huge. Defending Cy Young champion, um, and obviously they, their pitching staff has been pretty great around him as well as you mentioned. But uh, you know, it, it sinks to lose that guy, especially when he's been having such a great year. And they shipped off former starter Jake Faria to, I believe, to uh, Minnesota. Let me double-check that. But yeah, their offense has been great recently. And let me ask you this before we continue on. I gave you my team. So you mentioned the Rays played a two-game series against the Marlins this past weekend. The rare Friday off in the middle of the summer. What do you think about that? Because the Phillies and Red Sox are about to have this. No Friday game and then Saturday, Sunday. Are you a fan of that? don't get it. Yeah, I don't get it either. Why would, t- why would you take a Friday off? I, I mean, I get you need, uh, rather than doing the midweek, maybe they realize that oh, he was a Philly and Boston needs the weekend because they are two storied franchises. But Philly and Boston don't necessarily need the weekend. They're going to yeah. sell it no matter what. Exactly. Versus Florida, Miami, and Tampa. Miami and Tampa probably need it. You know, they yeah. need that. Is this, the, is this that stupid fucking nickname weekend? No, I think that's in a couple weeks. That's usually like it's right before the Little League World Series starts. Oh uh, yeah, because that's what kicks it off is that they have the game at Williamsport, and then it's and then it's the the nickname weekend that the next weekend in the middle of the Little League World Series. So yeah, I think that's the Red in like Sox two have weeks. Not won a single game wearing. Really, the Red in Sox two have not years, won a They got swept both years. players' weekends. Yep. I have not won a single game. Wow, that's insane. 
The Phillies uh, played the Cubs in it a couple years ago, and they won. I remember they won one of them. Um, and I was incorrect. He got traded to Milwaukee in the Jesus Aguilar trade was Faria. So good on me there. But let's move on. My hot team is going to be the Minnesota Twins, who you mentioned Cleveland battling right there in the division. They've cut it. It's still round three right now. Uh, but but Minnesota's really been hot in the last week. Eight and two in their last ten. Three game winning streak. Um, their pitching started to to solidify. They're solidifying a little more than what we thought was starting to happen with them. They're still one of the best staffs in baseball, obviously, but they had been getting shaky. And this is another team who they played the Marlins a couple weeks ago, and they, they did pretty well there. Then they swept Kansas City over the weekend, or played Marlins last week, but uh, swept Kansas City over the weekend with an absolute dominant offensive weekend, scoring 11 runs Friday and Saturday. Then a 3 nothing shutout yesterday. So we're seeing a lot out of this team. They're really starting to put it together, and they've, they've had a couple interesting trades. And I'm really excited to watch how this AL Central race shakes out because a lot of their guys are starting to heat up at the right time. Max Kepler's been pretty good, uh, and he's really started to, to pick it up for them, along with a number of the other guys that have just been great all year. So I'm excited to see how this Minnesota Twins team does as the Indians continue to gain more and more steam in August. So they picked up at the deadline Tyler Austin. Yep. Or did they trade Tyler Austin to the Giants? No, so they picked up they picked up Sam Dyson from the Giants. Um looking at everything here. They picked up Sergio or, Romo or from the They picked up Sergio Romo from the Marlins, which is actually pretty huge. Um because he'll help solidify the back end of their bullpen. He's obviously been a guy been around the league for a while. He, he obviously was with the Giants in their in their World Series runs. Had been one of the first guys in the opener strategy the Rays started to combat last year. Um, and yeah, they've and they've really been having an interesting run. Um, it's, seeing- it's good. It's good. It's good that they got rid of Tyler Austin because he was the scumbag who who tried to fight the Red Sox last year and got his ass beat, which then turned the Red Sox even gave them even more fuel to the fire, which then Led to the Red Sox beating the Yankees en route to their uh, World Series win uh, or victory, I should say. So it's a good thing that Twins got rid of him, uh, big scumbag guy. But uh, no, it's honestly you mentioned Max Kepler, um, Nelson Cruz having a, having a year for them. So uh, great pick, Jordy, and especially uh, like you mentioned, Cleveland seemingly going all in, certainly picking up, making some huge, some big moves. Um, also having a good little stretch here since the break, or since the trade deadline, I should say. But um, Minnesota, do you think it's as a GM? You know, you're saying, okay, here's a couple minor moves. You know, you guys are doing well enough without a, without doing anything major. Like here's a couple minor moves. Do you think it's better to be on that? Like if you're a player in the clubhouse, do you think it's better with that strategy? Or do you think it's better if the manager goes out and gets a Trevor Bauer per se? What do you think, as a player in a clubhouse, would you rather have? Would you rather have the small little depth move like the Twins did, or would you rather have the big name splash Indians move? Yeah, I mean it's interesting. If you're if you're a starter, you're the number six hitter, you're playing left field, and there's a guy out there. Like say you're on the Indians, and and your job is now taken by Puig, or if they or say the or say the Twins had gone out and gotten Puig instead of the Indians getting him. Um, you're, I mean, you're feeling more confident that the GM and the front office have trust in you and that they're adding depth to the team, knowing that, hey, 
we know that we can now strategically place guys in and we feel confident in you going forward as our you know left fielder or whatever position you happen to be. So I I feel like I'd I would feel more confident if I was one of those guys. Obviously if you're probably the superstar on the team, I don't know that baseball's much more of a you know obviously you can't win it by yourself. So it's not like basketball where some guys just want to be the guy on their team and put the team on their back and that's why they decided to make the moves that they do. So I, I feel like the depth moves, you got to feel pretty confident because Minnesota's been good all year. They've been scoring runs like crazy all year. And if you're seeing depth moves like that, like you're getting a back-end bullpen guy to help solidify things, you got to be happy with that. Yeah, and maybe it's easier if... I, I, I think I agree with that. If you're, if you're a position player, I think I agree with that. Yeah. But I think if you're a pitcher... I feel like I feel like you're comfortable no matter what, um, because let's say you're the fifth starter, and now you're the long reliever in the bullpen, or let's yep. say you're, or even you become a sixth starter, or, or you know whatever it may be, you you somehow can stretch out the the rotation a little bit, um, and if you're a pitcher and they bring in a big time hitter like Puig or something like that, then you're saying less pressure. Yep. I feel like. You know, it depends upon what you're trying to, what message are you trying to send? Are you trying to send a message to the position players or are you trying to send a message to the pitchers? You know, what positive yeah. message you want to send? Um, I, I feel like the ultimate yeah, is think, going out I think I, and getting an ace. I feel like like the Astros going out and get Granky, that's a shot in the arm to everybody because it's not taking a job except for that fifth starter who sees like this guy is a former Cy Young Award winner. He's a bona fide star. Everybody's, everybody's now penciling us in. For not only the AL cha- AL West champions in the ALCS, if not the World Series, and I feel like the offense has got to be pumped about that because now they know they got another guy that they can go out and just pump a bunch of runs for. And even if the offense isn't totally clicking, we're probably all we need to do is maybe get three or four runs across the board. And we're getting a W. I agree, and and that's a perfect example of you know you're sending a message to your offense like, hey, we're getting you more pitching help, and they their offense clearly, you know, they didn't need any moves done. For if you're the Astros no. and the pitching staff already has some studs on it um, before Granky. So that's a perfect example of a big, you know, I guess it, team by team. So I guess you're right. It, it does depend on that, but I think I agree with your first point or your first answer that a depth move, um, like a depth bat, really a depth bat or an ace pitcher is way better in my opinion than going out and getting a, a guy like Puig or, but even even look at Aguilar with the Rays, you know that's that's a he's not taking someone's job. That's a DH spot, and so that's virtually you know let's say you had a DH guy there before, you can put him in the field, or even Aguilar plays first because he's been doing it all year. So um, you know I think that's that's easier to swallow than a guy like Puig. Yeah, yeah, yeah I totally agree with that. I think it's uh, it's exciting though if you're if you're no matter who you're adding, like when the Phillies added. Uh, Hunter Pence in 2011. I feel like they had to be pretty excited there, but I think that I think the depth move is probably one of the the bigger is probably the biggest, if not if not the starter. I'm, I might go that way. I don't know, like the Cubs adding a world of Chapman. I feel like that probably it gave the the fans relief because now you know you have this bona fide star on the back end of your team, and probably that's what Minnesota feels is that you have a guy, World Series champion. He's a great closer, and we have that confidence. But I feel like, I feel like that might be what should get a lot more credit because it certainly 
you know, ninth inning help is is great. It's certainly I don't know I don't know if it gets the credit it deserves in the clubhouse. Yeah, I mean, plus, I mean, a guy like Puig has that reputation, right? Yeah, I mean, good. You know, what I mean, he got traded at twenty minutes. Twenty minutes later, he's fighting guys. So at least he had. Uh, at least he still uh, has his teammates back. You know. That's changing the narrative. That's a good point. That's yeah. changing the narrative. How about that? That we've had not only multiple fights now, only two thirds of the way through the season, multiple fights between the same teams and the same dudes. How about that fucking shit? Because we that's been it's been a week now since that fight happened, and that was some unreal stuff that that pirates reds fight i just don't get why and how so many suspensions came down like i watched the replay of it and the pitcher the pitcher, the pitcher charged should've... it was the reverse charge the yeah, no, charged the dugout and that should be the guy who gets suspended like yeah, i don't they... understand how there was 18 other guys who were suspended that just doesn't make sense to me i don't know i don't know if it's because there was already a fight between the two teams and now it's it's the baseball was basically the umpire pointing at both dugouts after somebody gets thrown at, and now this is the brawl. So now because everybody's been on on point before that, now it's all right. Let's not let this get out of control, and, and somehow this did get somewhat out of control. I don't know. I mean, I don't think they want to start suspending pitchers ten games or two starts and in, in scale it up that way so that everybody gets suspended. It you know in kind and this is sort of a way to do that i just give everybody a game but strange shit it was a good that baseball gets that in the middle of august when literally nothing else is happening you don't even get the hall of fame game yet in the nfl nor do you get any sort of huge stories hard knocks hasn't happened yet the nba free agencies really died down nhl free agencies died down so you're getting you're getting that at the right time of of oh yeah we're still here and things are and Tempers are flaring, even for the teams that you're not going to hear about in a month when you hear about the Yankees, Red Sox, Rays, Astros, Phillies, Nationals, whomever. I mean, thank you for including the Red Sox, but no, they like they suspended Puig for because he looked dangerous, or you know, he had like malicious intent. I think were the words, what the words that were used, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. and that to me, that to me is, is you know, you're suspending a guy for his his thoughts in his head, you know, that doesn't seem, I think Joe Torrey missed the ball a little bit on this one. And the other thing I have a question is, let's say you have seven players for your team. If I'm the Reds, I have seven players for my team suspended. Do all seven of them sit at the same time? So now am I allowed uh, to you, call guys up or am I for those? T- you tell like, you tell some guys to appeal and some guys not to. Yeah. That's what I mean. Is that, is that yeah, the yeah. strategy or what's, what's, Maybe. what's the actual, I don't know how that works with, are they... What's the thing here? Yeah. When they're suspended, is it like them being on the DL? You have to call guys up to have 25? I would hope if it's that many guys are suspended. But then but then are you also wasting one guy's option, right? Could you call them up? Or you oh, wasting yeah, that's a really good games? point. Like, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how that I works. I feel like normally if a guy... I feel like normally when a guy's suspended, it's just, it is what it is. You're just down a man. Um, but, you know, the Reds had... What six five guys six guys suspended including that pitcher yeah, yeah, the pitcher yeah. was suspended for the pitcher was suspended for ten games so what do you do yeah I don't know I I did I know that with options the way that it works is you the option gets wasted for the year so if you're using a guy if like a guy's options already been used what's the harm in calling him up I guess that's the thing is why waste his option if he hasn't been called up yet this year right? yeah I guess so or is it 
or is it you get called up once throughout the year and that's you know every you can call them up for the rest of the year and that only counts as one no, you could like call him up and send him down multiple times. From my understanding, and his option, the option for 2019 has been used. I thought it was only like, I thought it was only, I thought it was you only get one, two, whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. If if he gets if he's optioned once, he can't get called back up and and put back on the team and get sent back down. Right. You mean? Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but anyway, um, want to go to the National League or do you want to do cold teams? I don't think we need to do cold teams. Um, we all know it's going to be the Red Sox, so we can just gloss over them as they have now effectively played themselves out of any type of hope for the wild card as well as the division. Um, please don't even mention another team because there is another team that should even be mentioned. But the Red Sox, losers of eight straight, uh, goes back. They won three out of four versus the Yankees. They lost a Sunday night game and then turned around, got swept by the Rays, and then lost four straight games to the Yankees, this time in Yankee Stadium. So this whole week, week to week, they didn't win one single game. Um, And now, you know, they're back home to face the Kansas City Royals, who stink, but the Red Sox aren't much better right now. So hopefully they turn around. But if they turn around, they had a players-only meeting, Jordy, in New York, and they went out and, Got spanked. Um, yeah, I watched, a little, bit of, I watched a little bit of, of Saturday afternoon's Chris Sale start that uh, did not go well. He, uh, he did not really seem to have any of his stuff throughout the – aside from the third inning where I think he had like six pitches, every other inning he looked – I don't know, like he was just kind of floating it in there. And uh, the Yankees were well, that, were quick to jump on him. And that's been all year. That's been all year with yeah. – with Chris Sale and he really hasn't been himself and you look and wonder if they got overused at the end of last year or, you know, the Red Sox have in general have always had a bad, their training staff has always had a bad reputation. Um, not only for rehab, but for just training and schedule period. They've always had that bad reputation. So I think you've uh, told me that before, but it still surprises me to hear that. I mean, it's it's been a thing for a while. It's yeah. uh, sick. They just got thrown out at home. Jesus Christ! Sorry. Live watching the Red Sox yeah, li- just got live radio. Third base, the third base coach sent Xander Bogarts sent him and then put up a stop sign and Xander ran right through the top, stop sign, smoked at home. Gotta watch the anyway. Game. Gotta watch um, the coach. Well, no, he was waving him on, and then the second like. He got to the point where he was pointing no return, you know? Anyway, um, yeah, the, the Red Sox, they've had it with pitchers in the past. I mean, Kurt Schilling's talked about it. Pedro talked about it. Papabon mentioned it. Barnes. Um, they've had a is reputation, pa- especially Papabon with pitchers. A, a Red Sox analyst now? He, no, he uh, – they, they've been – like, they had Chris Berman on the radio this year. Like, throughout the year, they've been having – um, guests, whatever, play guest color guys. Um, every series. Ah, interesting. Um, yeah, like Chris Berman did it. McDonough did it. They've had some big names and some not so big names, but they yeah they've been rotating guys throughout the year. Anyway, so yeah, that was the whole thing that like they the the the. Rehab, especially with pitching stuff, 
the Chris Sale mentioned it. That's why his arms gotten so tired the last couple of years is because the Red Sox have they claim this surefire way to make your arm stronger, but every pitcher fades at the end of the year, and it's been that way for a while. And and if every pitcher's fading at the end of the year, something's got to change. But they refuse to change it. They thought Avaldi coming back would save the day, but he hasn't really done much. And uh, the the guy they picked up, Bratton, stinks, or whatever his name is, stinks. Uh, no other cold teams, Jordy. I, I, no one else deserves our breath. The Red Sox certainly certainly don't. Okay, <laughs> over to the NL then. You want to start? or You want me to start? Just ramble. You start. All right, all right. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with the Mets. We talked about them a little bit off air. Winners Ooh. nine of their last ten. Greg, they and they're currently winning right now. I don't know if that's gone final yet. Uh, oh, it has against the Miami Marlins. They're playing the day night doubleheader. Uh, I think going right into the second game. Uh, but winners nine of their last ten. Their offense has been absolutely on fire since the Polar Bear won the home run derby, and they go out and get Marcus Stroman. And they were going to try to flip him. I don't know if you saw that. They tried to flip him to the Yankees and, and basically were just asking for too much for the Yankees to try to pull the trigger. And the Mets said, you know what? Screw it. We're going to still kill this anyway. And aside from losing 8-4 to the Pirates, whom they swept last weekend, they've been on an absolute tear, winning 13-2 yesterday, 6-2 earlier this evening. And... Again, their offense looks like it's not slowing down. Pete Alonso's been on, on an absolute tear since winning the home run derby, so the his swing certainly isn't screwed up there. Ahmed Rosario's been been red hot since basically mid July, uh, and their their pitching staff has been great. And they add Stroman, and and now they're in a position where, yeah, they're in fourth, they're at five hundred at fifty six and fifty six, but they're only three games behind the Nationals and Phillies for the second wild card, and. Don't look. I mean, if you're not if you're not careful, if you're the Phillies or the Nationals and you slip up like both teams have been recently, they're going to be right in that race again because San Francisco's still hanging around in there and they made a couple moves, but they're looking like they're they're cooling off. Arizona's still floating around 500 somehow, but they traded away Granke, so you got to figure they're going to go they're going to cool down. So if this turns into a four team or four teams from the NL East are all in the playoff contention. September might turn into a bloodbath in the uh in the National League East. So I don't so I kind of respect the move for them going out to get Stroman A for them to try to flip it, which is kind of cool to see. Kind of seeing that you don't really see that often at the, at the baseball trade deadline. But the fact that it still worked out for them and their offense, we talked about it before, it was an injection of confidence into their offense and it's really paid off. And I mean it also came at the same time that uh, No went out too, so it's sort of a not that one correlates with the other, but their sure. offense picking up without arguably their biggest name um, offensively is is sort of a good coincidence and a happy accident because they were this was a team that people were talking about trade that they were going to trade their big names, trade some of their big pitchers. Um, what they do, they went out and got another relatively big name pitcher and like we said got that ace which gave confidence to their offense to say hey let's go for it uh 10 games out of the division but certainly what three games out of the wild card so definitely in position yeah they're right there did you see by the way you you mentioned it with some of their names 
Syndergaard, his whole Instagrams throughout the week when the when his name was being rumored out there. He's, what was it? He kept being like, oh, yeah, when your name gets thrown out, and it's all these different pictures of him. And then on the trade deadline, I don't know if it was when the Mets came out and said we're not trading him before 4 p.m. or if he waited until like 4.30 on July 31st to insta this out, a clip of, from the Wolf of Wall Street where he goes, fuck it, I ain't leaving, I ain't leaving. That's awesome. Yeah, it was pretty sweet. It's fun. It's like that's we talk about this that's all awesome. the time. This is what baseball players need to do is just have these presents that a lot of these NBA players have, and they they certainly get the NBA certainly lets their players have their voice and pretty much whatever they want to. But you need to have baseball players showing off their personality and really sh- and having it. And we've talked about it with other with other leagues with it as well. But that kind of stuff and being engaging with the with their fans in the community and having. People like us, I mean, we don't really have the, the greatest voice in the podcast sphere, but, you know, I mean, a, a lot of people love that shit, and, and it, it's well, I mean, it's a lot of good stuff for baseball in the last week, I think. Oh, uh, it goes back to Manfred and uh, who's, the, who's the commissioner for the NBA? Uh, Adam Silver. Silver, yeah, I mean, it's, you look at the difference in, in style and even Goodell, you know, Goodell reigns with a fewer like power or control, if you will, or like a Stalin type or, or Putin type, you know, he doesn't let his players do much of anything or say much of anything. And uh, you could argue that the NBA does the best at promoting their players because they let them, they, they rather than promote teams, they promote players, they promote superstars. And that's, they're not selling they're not selling the average fan on a team. They're selling the average fan on players. Whereas most other leagues are trying to sell a team, a community, a sense of whatever. But this day and age, with this type of free agency stuff, and they get the nail on the head. It's all about the players. It's all about personalities. Like, you know, for example, if let's say let's say the Phillies come to to Boston, and I had no idea about about the Phillies, and they come to Fenway, and I had no idea about the Phillies other than their National League team. Let's say I had no ties, like friends like you in Philly. I would say, okay, well, oh, I want to see Bryce Harper. I want to see a big, a big superstar. I want to see a name. But Bryce is different because he's been able to promote himself in a way because he was been big since he was fourteen years old. He's been the next thing, right? But um, you very, you have very few of those in the Major League Baseball, whereas you have plenty because the NBA promotes them. And feel free to cut the part me bashing the other owners and comparing them to some pretty heavy stuff if you don't want to get us in trouble. <laughs> I think we're going to be fine. We're not talking. Uh, I don't think we're going to Russia anytime soon. I don't think Putin's tuning into uh, you to get in trouble. What? I just don't want you to get in trouble. Yeah, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know if Rod is tuning in into the bullpen card. I'll put it that way. Never know. Yeah. I mean, anyway, Greg, who do you got in the National League? Great choice. I'm going to go with the Los Angeles Dodgers. Um, yeah, we have not talked about them in a while. They nobody are far really and away the best team. Like. <laughs> what? I said, I feel like nobody yeah, really talks about No one really Dodgers. does. Huh. Agreed. Um, a team that's been to the World Series the last two seasons in a row. And what do they do? Continue their tear. They have the most walk-offs of any team in Major League Baseball this year. They... Uh, are crushing it, but lacking pitching depth, if you will. You know, sort of a similar story last year. They were able to let their offense carry them, and then 
got enough pitching to get to beat some teams, but their offense really carried them again. And then they ran into a better offense, if you will, in the World Series. And whether we're on the same path with the Yankees or the Astros and the Dodgers again, you know, it remains to be seen in terms of which offense can score more runs. But I think the Dodgers, at the very least, are uh, seven and three in the last ten. Only fifteen losses at home, Jordy. Yeah, that's impressive. It's pretty insane. Yeah, I mean, the the probably the biggest thing killing them right now. You mentioned pitching, is that they have a lot of different pitching injuries. Ryu, NL starter. Uh, hit the DL on August 1st with neck soreness. David Freeze is there. He's not a pitcher, obviously. But Ross Stripling's been on there. Who He's had some starts. He's been a guy that's been both great out of the bullpen as well as a starter. Uh, he's still on there after a couple weeks. Uh, Rich Hill's been on the 60-day DL since June. And then, yeah, I mentioned David Freeze, Chris Taylor, Kike Hernandez. They've all, they're all on the DL right now. They're obviously position players. But still hurts uh, where they are. And, you know, I mean, but... The wheels keep moving, you know, as, as they say. Justin Turner's been great. Cody Bellinger's having a season of his life. Uh, I mean, ever you know, I, mean, I could just list off their entire offense, but we're not, you know, that's not the kind of thing I, th- I don't think that people want to hear. Yeah, but they've been awesome. And that's, yeah, and that's sort of going for back to the year. Um, but more specifically in the stretch, you know, they, they uh, three out of four from the Rockies and two out of three from the Padres and, you know, now face off against the Cardinals team that is in a playoff hunt. So it's not like the Padres and Rockies are both good teams. They're both fighting for some wild cards. So it's not like they're maybe not the Padres, but it's not like they're far off. Um, it's not like they're beating up, I should say, this last week on, on teams like Baltimore and Detroit, not to bash those two franchises, or even the Red Sox, we'll say. Um, you know, the, the Dodgers are having a good week and doing it. Um Doing it the right way. Oh, yeah, Jordy, sure. before we get into Philly talk. Okay. Red Sox have the most runs scored in all of baseball. Their offense is leagues better than it was last year. And they are four games above 500. What's the problem? And they have something like 20... There have been 20 games this season where they had the lead in the seventh inning or later and could not convert. They have the second most blown saves in all of baseball behind only the Mets. Not so whoever told, Dave, whoever told Dave Dombrowski that they didn't need to re-sign Craig Kimbrell can go kick rocks. Yeah, you know, uh, Kimbrell been, been pretty solid for the Cubs. Would have loved to see him in Philly as well. No, the, another team that struggles with their bullpen. Let's change that. Let's What'd go. You? Let's go. Philly talk, Jordy. Tell me why you are. Tell me why Gabe the Babe had a relief pitcher in left field and a position player pitching. Tell me what 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 went on with those that Friday night fifteen inning game. So yeah, for those unaware, Friday night the Phillies are hosting the Washington Nationals. In interleague play, uh, weekend is alumni weekend. Friday night was the divisional play. What was that? You said interleague play, it's divisional play. White Sox Phillies is divisional play. Oh, you said you said, you said Washington Nationals. 
Oh, I'm sorry. I was looking at the, uh, I don't know. The Chicago White Sox, uh, I apologize uh, for saying that. The hosting the Chicago White Sox in interleague play. Uh, and game goes, first of all, the Phillies are up 3-2. Then the eight, in the seventh and eighth innings, the Phillies left the bases loaded twice and could not score. 3-2, the Phillies come in. They used, and you mentioned it, they've had starting pitchers move back to the, move back into the bullpen, including Nick Pavetta. Vince Velasquez, who we'll get to in a second, has been there, but has regained his spot in the rotation. Nick Pavetta moves back to the rotation, moves back out of the rotation, struggled at the beginning of the year, got sent down to AAA, came back, never really found it in the starting staff, has found his spot, and he found it again Saturday night in, in a two-out, uh, two-inning save, but he came in for the eighth inning, did a pretty good job. They decided to bring in a different pitcher, uh, couldn't, could only get two outs, Bring in another guy, blows the lead, so they go to extra innings. Now, Greg, they go to the 14th inning, and you mentioned it. Pavetta stayed in the game. He's a former starter. He has the he has the chops to pitch innings. So Pavetta's on second base in the bottom of the 13th, and the Phillies have Vince Velasquez, a starting pitcher, had been in the bullpen, has most recently come back out to start for the Phillies. He started... On July 31st, which was Wednesday for the Phils, they have him come in and pinch run. He did that last year. You may remember the Phillies got roasted for this because Vince Velasquez left second base too early. And everybody was saying, that's why you don't have pitchers pinch run. Teams do it all the fucking time. So he comes in. Two years ago, the Red Sox had a pitcher uh, pinch run. And what did he do? He he broke his ankle and hasn't been the same since. Yeah. So Velasquez comes in, pinch runs. And... He started on Wednesday night. This is Friday night. So he hasn't pitched in a couple days. They don't really want to waste any other bullpen arms. So Gabe the Babe decides to bring in Roman Quinn. He moves him in from the outfield to pitch. Quinn's pitched some innings before in blowouts. He's pitching. Velasquez stays in left field. Now, I don't know what the typical Major League Baseball players... uh, schedule is when they do the long toss. I don't know if it is two days after a start... Uh, or three days, I guess, in this case. Or no, no, or no uh, it was August 2nd. Yeah, so I don't know if it's you know two days or whatever, what it happens to be. But Velasquez is playing is playing left field two days after starting a game. He not only fields the position very well, he, Greg, makes one of the most unreal plays in left field. The White Sox get a guy on second base. Quinn lets up a single. Velasquez fields it cleanly, guns out the runner, with a 95-mile-an-hour bullet at home plate, gets the guy. What does he do next inning? Nearly the same thing. The player, the White Sox player slid under the tag. He's safe. That ended up being the game-winning run. The Phillies lose 4-3. But to keep the Phillies from being down more going to the bottom of the 15th inning, Velasquez makes an unreal diving catch. So great night from him. He'd asked to play. He'd wanted to play in the outfield multiple times. Uh, but to answer your question... The, uh, the reason don't why downplay he's there. the catch, a rival. No, the, yeah, the downplay the catch. Di- diving the catch. catch rivaled Benintendi's. Catch. Uh, it rivaled Benintendi's were a little catch different when, than, than Benintendi's beat. catch in the ALCS last year, uh, but still rivaled. a great a great catch nonetheless. Definitely a web gem nominee. I'll say that. But to answer your question, reason why he was playing left and not pitching is he had started two days prior. Granted, he had only thrown five innings, but Velasquez uh, usually throws a lot of pitches, so I don't think. Gabe wanted to risk his arm there. So, I mean, I love Gabe the Babe. 
after watching this this year's Red Sox team, I can understand your frustration of semi five hundred ball, just not stringing wins together, not stringing series together. Yeah, you know they'll win one series and then they'll lose the next two, or you know it's just a frustrating brand of baseball and frustrating to watch as a fan. So yeah. tell me how you get through it these last couple of years. Yeah, so I want to correct myself. It was Zach Eflin who came in. The Phillies had kept using relievers, which is part of the reason why Velasquez, they didn't want to bring in another bullpen guy. So I had to correct myself there. They had Blake Parker pitch two innings, and then Zach Eflin pitched two more, and that's when Velasquez pinch ran for him. To answer your question, though, the last couple of years, I mean, this is last year, so we'll really go last year and this year because 14-17 uh, to 17 was really bad baseball from the Phillies. Um, last year was... was Different because right around this time, Greg, they were leading the division. And it looked like we talked about my bet, the over-under wins. It wasn't a matter if I was going to win it, a matter of when. And when did I actually win it? In game 161, because the Phillies went from being one of the better teams in, in not the one of the better teams in the National League, but one of the better teams in the division against an upstart Braves team, a Nationals team that was supposed to be this unreal World Series-bound team and really underperformed. And then the Phillies, the wheels really fell off. What's frustrating about this year is the bullpen has never been trustworthy throughout this season. We've talked about it nearly every week on this show. The starting pitching, we knew it was going to be an up and down ride, but it, it too has not been great. Aaron Nola's had a shaky year. He's found himself a little bit. Arietta's never hasn't really found himself since he was hurt last year. Mentioned Pavetta, never really finding himself, and now is is finding this. Middle relief, eighth inning role, sometimes two in, two inning save guy. Zach Eflin's been moved back. They've gone out and gotten Drew Smiley, who had two quality starts in his first two starts as a Philly, and then got a little little roughed up yesterday against the White Sox. It's just been a lot of inconsistency, and it's you mentioned it, unable to string together wins. And I don't know if it's a confidence thing. I don't know if these guys haven't totally come together because it seems like that they really, really enjoy playing baseball together. I don't know if it's at the, the McCutcheon injury really scared the shit out of them. And, that, and that's seemingly what's done all this. Cause they've really, it's been two sides of a coin since that, you know, before and after the injury, I, you know, I think it's just the inconsistencies of it. And the fact that two of the three pieces don't click all at the same time, and the the bats are dead, and the starting pitching's bad, so they get blown out fifteen to two by the Braves last weekend. Or if it's the bats are only good on certain nights and then slow down, or that they can't come up clutch outside of being named in most situations. Bryce Harper or uh, Reese Hoskins, because both of them do well with runners in scoring position, and just the rest of the team not being able to get. Get around there, or and then when they do, some they sometimes perform and sometimes late innings don't. I think there's a number of different things that just aren't coming together. The good news is that they're tied for a wild card position right now, and you're in it. You're going out to Arizona for the week, and you're coming home this weekend, or um, and then you face and then you face the Cubs. I, I don't know what the answer is. I think it's. I think it's finding consistency, but I don't know where that starts. If it's 
Nola sits everybody down and says, "All right, guys, I haven't been great, and I need to be. I need to be better." When I was the third place for the Cy Young, or if it's Bryce Harper and JT Real Muto saying, "Hey, we were the guys that were supposed to be your big bats at it in the off season, and we, you know, we, you know, we're doing, you know, we got to be better. We got to be the superstars that we're highly touted to be." Which Real Muto's come out and said, "I had a shitty first half, and I need to be better." Harper hasn't been as vocal, but. I don't know where where it starts. I don't know if it's Gabe Kapler basically getting thrown out of every game that he can until his face turns blue in the bottom of the first inning. I, I don't know what the right answer is. Give the babe, man. I mean, there's one thing that you can say, um, and a lot of people on Phil, on Philly's Twitter is, are saying it that that there's wacky things like bringing in Roman Quinn when you've used a billion relief pitchers and and the, a number of relievers that he likes to use even just in a nine-inning baseball game. But it's certainly not his fault where the Phillies are. The people that want to say Bryce Harper's overpaid, it's certainly not his fault. He's doing a ton. Um, it's just a lot of inconsistencies across the board from this team. And I think it's it's been proven through the years that one player does not make a team. Um, no, certainly not. And that's a, true in every sport. And that's true in every sport. And I think, Connor, you know, you you talk about consistency, but you know you look at the Red Sox; they have the most consistent and the best offense in all of baseball. But if you can't pitch, you can't win games. And in this day in baseball, no one's asking you to go out there and throw shutout, scoreless innings. But at the very least, you need to keep a team to what three runs. If you you know if if you can hold a, an opposing team to three three runs, you can trust your offense to yeah. get. A minimum three runs. No, for sure. And I mean, I'm just looking and, at it now. And, and, and obviously, ranks rankings in terms of statistics aren't the greatest thing. The other thing I did I forgot to mention is that the pitching staff lets up an exorbitant amount of home runs. They're 28th in baseball in terms of home runs allowed. But everything else. Oh, something happened in the Red Sox game. The Phillies are in the middle of the road in most statistics. Runs scored, ERA. Their whip, which doesn't really matter a ton, but they're still right in the wild card chase. So they're winning games where they can, but in the games they lose, it's it's turning into some of these really bad losses. So I don't know. Finding consistency consistency is certainly something that they need to do. And I don't know if you if you get if you even move into the if you move above fifteenth, I feel like you're going to be really putting something together and and and. I don't know. You have an opportunity here to try to get some road wins at Arizona, like I mentioned, then at San Francisco, and then you return home to host the Cubs. So I had my uh, I had my home game swapped there, but I don't know. It's it's something where I think the Phillies can start to if they start to crank it up even just a little bit and get a little more consistent. I think they can find themselves really on a pace, not necessarily to win my over under bet this year at ninety wins, but to find themselves separating it a little bit, especially with the Nationals cooling off like they are. And you're facing two teams that are right in that wild card chase too. So this is a really pivotal week on the road for the Phillies. If I were to ask you a question, okay. Last year the Phillies had the division lead. Yep. Things were looking. I mean, you. If we're being honest, you were skeptical that they would win the division, but you thought they'd maybe make the playoffs. But you were realistic, and you said it would be a stretch. Yes. So this season. With them being in a wild card spot at this point, 
your opinion, since you were right last year, two things. Do they get that? Do they win you your bet? And two, do they make this is the year they make the playoffs? So they're 58 At least the wild and 53 card right now. For me to win my bet, Greg, let's let's do a little math. They got to win 32 games and as I pull out the calculator, 58 and 53 added up together is 111 games. So in the final 51 games, they got to go 32 and 19. I uh, don't think I'm winning my bet. <laughs> so there's one. Do they make the playoffs? I think they can. I th- They certainly can. Like I mentioned, I mean, if they just crank it up a little bit and move out of... If they move into the top half in either batting ranks or pitching ranks of ERA, whip, quality starts, get the blown saves figured out, or if they move into the top half of batting average where they're 22nd in baseball, runs scored where they're 18th, they don't even need to hit more home runs. Just singles do it. That's the and strike out less, but I mean I think that's what you're getting, what you're signed up for with Bryce Harper and a number of those different guys. Reese Hoskins has been striking out a lot more in the last two years. I think that's just what you're getting with this team. Scott Kingery is, JT Romuto is. I think that's just what you're getting. But if they can continue to rise their batting average and figure this thing out, I I think they can. I mean, I can't possibly see San Francisco, who they took two of three from at home this past week. I I can't see it. I can't see them. Or I can see them not making the playoffs, but with the way that a lot of these teams are really finding ways to not to not perform, I think they can figure this thing out. So I I kind of think though that the wild card too, playing away game is is what they're going to end up having though, because somebody's somebody else is going to figure it out too. The Cubs, the Brewers, the the Cardinals, who are currently in wild card wild card one. The Brewers are, uh, that what would that be, are two and a half behind the Phillies and Nationals for wild card two. You think they figure it out, even though their pitching staff is really shit in the bed right now. Um, you got to think somebody gets somebody picks up the consistency here along with the Phillies if they do. So I think wild card two is probably where the Phillies sneak in. I'd love to see it be higher. I'd love to see some sort of two thousand seven like run to a National League division, National League East division championship, but. I don't know about that right now because Atlanta has been so good and their pitching staff has only gotten better with all the different moves they made. They're definitely, we didn't, we didn't really do a trade deadline recap, but they're definitely a winner of the trade deadline, in my opinion, are the Atlanta Braves. Uh, but I think they get the wild card too. And I think wild card one, I think it'd be f- really funny and a great storyline for baseball for it to be Phillies Nationals at Nationals Park. But I feel like it's probably going to be either St. Louis or Milwaukee. Whoever ends up getting that spot, I think the Cubs continue to rise. And St. Louis and Milwaukee battle it out for wild, you know, the, St. Louis, Milwaukee, and Philly battle it out for wild card for the wild card spots, and I think the Phillies get wild card too. I mean, that's that's, I love it. I love the yeah, whole I went, prediction. I went a little too, I went a little too tin hat, Jordy there, but I'm sorry for rambling, America, but uh, no. well, a lot of thoughts like on said, my beloved like fighting Phils. Well, like I said last year, Jordy, you you were right. You had all these. You know, you you had these things talked about last year with, you know, you were you knew that they were gonna give up the lead to the division. So I guess the question is now: Do you think it's easier to be chasing 
in the position you are now or having the lead with a red hot brave staring you in the face as you were last year? What do you think what do you think as a team would you rather prefer would you rather be have a wild card spot and it's yours to lose or have the division spot and you're hoping that the red hot team behind you doesn't catch you? I'll say this, in two thousand seven and two thousand eight, the Phillies, I mentioned the 07 Mets collapse, but in 08 they had to do it again. A lot of people forget that. The year they won the World Series. I think these teams, and granted, this is a completely different cast of characters than the 08, and 09, and 07, all those teams were. I do think, though, there's something to chasing and coming together as a team and saying, we got to put up or shut up. So I would rather be the team chasing than having somebody on your heels and putting all the pressure on you. I feel like there's a lot more weight on those shoulders. I don't, again, I don't think Atlanta's blowing this lead. I don't think they have an 07 Mets type quality because they went out, did the right move seemingly at the trade deadline. But if you're the Phillies, this is a position that you're still in that playoff chase with a lot of teams floating right there. But I think you're in a spot where you figure out how to get this done because you have to. You're playing a lot more road games down the stretch you're not you have nine more road games right now than you do home granted you're playing seven of them this weekend or this week but you're it's put up or shut up time because you can if they fuck this week up and go like one and six they you know it's it's just a harder mountain to climb from there so if they can figure out how to get their road record to you know close to 500 they're three games under 500 on the road right now through this week, I mean, then they're they're putting themselves back into some sort of into a good driver's seat position. Yeah, I love the optimism. I love the confidence, and I'm gonna ride it. Yeah, we're gonna. I mean, this week is gonna tell us a lot about the team. They're on the road. Their starting staff is just all over the place. We mentioned that a little bit. So we need to. That's probably the biggest thing we we need to see right now is how does the starting staff really form down the stretch, um, because it's really. It's insane how this how it's been going, but um, well, yeah. and, and, and it's tough because you got Arietta at the end of his career on a pretty player, very player friendly, player happy contract. Yeah, that really did not help the team. Oh yeah, um, so that kind of hurts, but. You know, real Muto's big name Harper. You know you. The Phillies made the moves. They 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 just didn't make the pitching moves. And yeah, the offense well, was shaky. One, sure, and, now, and now we always David knew, Roberts' career might be over because of how bad we always we was. always knew that it was going to be. Well, we always knew that it was going to be a long process for the Phillies, and for them to go from having no names last year to at least having some offensive names, and maybe this is the offseason where they go out and get a big pitcher like Syndergaard or DeGrom or whoever is out there. Garrett Cole. I'd like Uh, to see Garrett Cole in a Phillies uniform. There you go. So, you know, maybe this is the offseason to make the splash on the pitching side. Um, But, yeah, I love it, Jordy. What what do we got next? Uh, Well, so we're we're – over an hour now. You want to do hot? You want to do hot and cold players, or you want to do? You want to move on to stadium snacks and bleacher creatures? Come back to players next week. We did a lot of trade talk, so let, we could uh, skip players for right now. This is, as they say, your show. 
All right, well, we'll skip players for right now because I feel like we don't want to, as awesome as it would be to set bullpen cart records as you and I currently hold, uh, that time we talked about Tiger Woods' DUI for two and a half hours along with the NHL playoffs and baseball, um, I think we don't need to set it tonight. Let's go to some stadium snacks. We have a fan submission or really a, you know, another co-host submission. Our good buddy Jared Barnes was down at or was back home in Pittsburgh, his first team. You know, Greg, I don't know if you've been if you've been listening, but Jared now, we I've dubbed the Phillies his third favorite team. He was at the game Friday night, actually, and he was wearing his Bryce Harper jersey, who he claims to look like, and he wore a bandana, this or headband that Bryce Harper wore that has the Fanatics eyes on it. So the Phillies are now his third team, but he was home in Pittsburgh for his first team, the Pittsburgh Pirates. And he had some good food. He had an Iron City light along with, in what looks like to be a, a plastic bat, some, he, oh, he did not name what it was. They look like nachos, Greg. Um, yeah, they look like nachos that you, with tater tots as the base instead of tortilla chips. Well, it looks like there's some salsa, some, some jalapenos, jalapenos as they've been known to call, uh, maybe a little pulled pork. But yeah, looks like Jared had a very Pittsburghian weekend as he was home for a wedding. I mean, that does sound uh, does sound very Pittsburgh, if you will. Yeah, the only way it could have been um, more Pittsburgh is if there was pierogies in the bottom instead of tater tots. Listen, the tater tot nacho, don't sleep on it. Oh, no, it's a solid play. Solid, solid play. Um. Yeah, no, that's that's a good one. I also went to a Red Sox game this, or not also, but I did go to a Red Sox game, uh, entertained some clients uh, last week. Ooh, big business um, here. And, and humble brag, but got a nice little uh, Italian peppers, onions, sauce, you know, sausage, if you will. Topped it off with a nice, refreshing, cool. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for, Jordy? The greatest. The greatest possible invention you could imagine. Um, Lodells? The, the one at, what? Lodells? Yeah, I mean, the, the, the best thing only at Fenway is a good, um, just this, this perfect eye, <laughs> like, a, like a frozen lemonade type thing. Um, no, serious, all seriousness, like I said, I'm a big go to the park and peanuts guy but i had clients there couldn't do the peanuts you know get it all over everyone next to me um a lot of beer a lot of uh so like i said the the sausage peppers and onions and uh nothing nothing quite beating it beating nothing quite beats that than uh life i should say than the fenway park frank um i mean we we did it at wrigley and it's a similar vibe, but again, I was there in, closer to like a wintery game. It was, it was early in the season, so it, for me personally, nothing beats being at Fenway in the summer sun with with a nice uh, <coughs> Fenway Frank. Yeah, I got. I, tr- I loved the Fenway Frank when I went up last year, and yeah, it was. Uh, I was there in late April. It was one of those those cooler nights. Speaking, but coming back to Dell's, you see, I found Dell's watermelon shandy at a beer distributor here in Philly. Uh, no, was it good? I did not try it. I, did, I didn't end up buying it. I was buying a, a different case. Third and Girl was a little bummed out with me because she loves the watermelon shandies. 
So, Greg, I should have known better. Nice. Should have known better. Next Listen, time. Jordy. You know, you you can only be right so often, but yeah. as as a guy who uh, has lived with someone for so long, you should have known better. Should have known better. I did uh, real quick inside baseball or my, of my life. I uh, she sent me to the grocery store right before I went away because she was working this the day before because um, she works as a waitress on the weekends. So on Sunday, she sent me off to go buy her go buy groceries for her for the week. And I said, oh, give me a list of what you want me to buy, blah, 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 blah. And she's like, you know what I like. Sends me with no list. And, uh, Greg, I did pretty well. I had a real home run. She was very she was very pleased with the food that you she had. You did you up? No, I did. Oh, I now that... bought the right stuff. That's impressive. Yeah. I, if That's impressive. If someone ever said, oh, you know me well, go buy me groceries. Or if I ever said that to someone, you know, you're... I'm get I'm getting things I don't want. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah yeah yeah. Same thing with well, same thing here. Well, it's it takes a uh, it it takes knowing somebody pretty well to get that right. And for me to hit all the right notes, I'm pretty proud of myself. I gotta gotta give myself a pat on the back. I'm proud of you too. What uh, what was one thing that you bought that was still in the apartment when you got back? What was one thing that you you missed on? Uh, it's not that I missed on it. It's that because third and girl doesn't cook. I bought frozen hamburgers for us to put on the grill, and again, because she doesn't, uh, she does not operate the frying pan, the oven, yeah, the microwave. Even, or no, she does the microwave. That's that was the one thing that really hit well was buying individual servings of mac and cheese and mashed potatoes for her to make for herself. But outside of the microwave, she doesn't really operate any of the other uh, appliances around the house. So I'm uh, I'm in charge of the cooking. So one thing that was still there was the frozen hamburgers that we've uh, since grilled. Very nice. So. Uh... That's good. If if that's your biggest miss, that's uh, pretty impressive. Yeah, it was a it was a purposeful miss. Well played. Oh yeah, yeah. A little bonding back. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, now now everybody know everybody got a little look under the curtain of my life. You know, everybody give me a pat on the back. Everybody give me a little little golf clap. <laughs> God, I hate bragging about myself. You, Jordy. What? Uh, good for you for bragging. I love it. Um, yeah, you always say I gotta so gotta, gotta talk myself up. Uh, listen. Uh, hopefully, a, a certain someone listens and and can appreciate uh, and hear all the great things you did. Because, as they say, not all heroes wear capes. Hopefully, so I got another another stadium snack before we go to Bleacher Creatures, and this could qualify as a Bleacher Creature because it's so disgusting. Have you seen that Oscar Meyer has introduced hot dog flavored ice cream sandwiches? It's disgusting. Yeah, it's a. So it, it looks like a, a a chipwich sandwich. It's a cookie dough bun they call it, but it's just two flat pieces of cookie dough. And with it, it's split in half, almost like Neapolitan ice cream. One side is spicy Dijon flavored gelato, and the other side of it is hot dog sweet ice cream with carrot candied hot dog bits that look like chocolate chips. This thing just it it looks gross. It the the Dijon gelato looks like a block of cheese, like kind of funky cheese. With this <laughs> from other cheese, yeah, I don't know. It, it it does not look good. It's a weird shade of yellow. I'll put it that way. What stadium are they selling this at? Uh, 
I didn't see a stadium. Action News here in Philadelphia put it put the story out. I think it's just going to be sold in in grocery stores. Okay, well, I'm going to take a hard pass on that. Yeah, I will too. Hopefully, it does not return. Um, the other one I wanted to do. I mean, I think everybody's seen the Baker Mayfield chug. So the other one I wanted to talk about, we didn't really get to. Um, was the fan who got the pro contract from the Rockies after throwing 96 at a, on the speed pitch machine in Minnesota. I thought it was the Oakland Athletics. The A's gave him the contract. Or no, maybe he was at a Rockies game. Yeah, you're right. The A's gave him a contract, and the, he was at a Rockies game. If I'm the Athletics, what's the purpose here? You know, like, what does this guy have a background? Is he a college player? Like, what, you know what I mean? Like, what is the point? Um, as the, the sound of my phone was on. Yeah I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if it's some sort of fan ploy or if it's you're getting him up on that or you're getting him in, getting him into the, uh, into the minor league system to see what he's got. I mean, good. It's a cool story. And it, again, it gets eyes on baseball and these kind of almost the rookie, the movie style stories in real life. So I don't know. I don't know if it's, it's trying to bring it out there, but I get, I get, yeah, you know the Adam baseball, blah blah blah. But I, if I'm a, if I'm a athletics fan, like, yeah, what, 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 what's the business decision I, I, I here pitch, outside of the, the feel good story? I get you. Well, does he, does he pitch? Does he hit? Like, what are we wasting a spot on him? Like, why not go get Tim Tebow if you wanna, you know, if you wanna sell tickets? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's it's an interesting story. It it certainly brings a lot of uh a lot of the, the pundits out, I would say. I know you want to talk about it, but I really just want to know why. Yeah. Huh. It'd be interesting to see how it all evolves, as they say. <laughs> I feel like we're on complete opposite sides of this, and you are just not liking the fact that I went where I went. Ah, no, I, I don't have an answer of, of their reasoning for it. I just I think it's an interesting story that, that's kind of cool to hear. It's one of those, like, People who don't follow baseball saw this story, so I think it's good that way. But you're absolutely right. The business decision a- aspect of it, it'll be it'll be very interesting to see how it how it evolves from that from that perspective. Furthering the point, like, did you read more? Did like I said, did he play college? Do we know anything further? I don't have all I have on my notes is the the video of it. I did not. I don't have the article in front of me, so I don't want to like say something that's completely false. That's fair. Yeah. Um, Do you have any yeah, no, I, uh, before I give my last one? I did. Uh, we already talked about it, but the absolute rope and hose that uh, that uh, the Phillies pitcher had there. Vince Velasquez? From the outfield. Yeah, and the Benintendi catch and the whole thing. No, uh, yeah, it was awesome play, awesome stuff there. So my final one is also with the Phillies, Greg. Your favorite mascot and mine, the Philly Fanatic, the creators of him, a New York-based firm, and the Philadelphia Phillies are currently in a lawsuit, Greg. Ah. So the creators of the Fanatic are threatening to withdraw their agreement from 1984 to let the Phillies use the mascot, quote, forever. And according to the to the suit, the designers have threatened to obtain an injunction against the Phillies' use of the Fanatic and make the Fanatic a free agent, selling the rights to the, to the Fanatic 
to another sports team if the Phillies do not renegotiate the, the mascots creators and pay them millions of dollars. The Phillies have, have countersued and they say that their claims are legally baseless and argues that selling the, the Fanatic to another team would, ride, would violate the Phillies' trademark. The Phillies initially paid $215,000 for the rights to the Fanatic in 1984 and over the past year, the creators have threatened legal action against the team since since they claim they created the copyright character of the Phillies of the Fanatic while ignoring the Phillies' role in marketing the popular mascot who's been around since 1978. So the Phillies and the and the Fanatic, they bought out the rights to use them forever 6 years after the fact. I don't I don't I can't see where the claim would be from the creating yeah, side of things. Yeah, the creators are just basically trying to extort some money out of the Phillies. The Phillies also said over the last four, over the last forty-one years, we've we've devoted millions of dollars in developing, promoting the fanatic. Without all the club's contributions, the fanatic wouldn't be a character at all. Um, yeah, and it basically boils down to the fact that they made some sort of deal a couple years after the fanatic was was introduced, uh, and stating that, and it's basically because the the owners of the Phillies back in the day didn't make any sort of deal when he first was introduced as a mascot. And then, in order to obtain the rights, paid out the 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 two hundred fifteen thousand uh, six years later, and they're claiming that they have a right to get more money out of this because you know the Fanatics blown up into this whole deal. We mentioned the headband Bryce Harper made famous wearing that has the Fanatics eyeballs on it. Uh, Jared has now adopted that into his Bryce Harper lookalike persona. Um, so that I, you know, I don't think they really have any sort of claim, and I think the Phillies will probably. I think. I don't know if they're if this lawsuit just gets thrown out or if they you know what happens. I'm sure some sort of mediator would get involved, but kind of a crazy story coming out of Philly with all of this. And it is crazy. Um, glad you brought that to our attention. Do we need to start a uh, free uh, free fanatic? Would would free fanatic be misinterpreted into thinking that we want the fanatic to be a free agent because because we want him to stay at home. <laughs> we want him continuing to do to have his his late innings dugout dances. I mean, where where would we be without those? Let's Where would I be, be without honest. the the fanatic and his hot dog gun, Greg? You know, what I'm, you know what I'm most scared about? What? Al Hofford on the goddamn Philadelphia 76ers. <laughs> the Embiid stopper joins Embiid. I mean, and beads on a mission. Anyway, um, that's that's terrible news about the fanatic. I hope uh, hope it works out for them. I hope so I mean, too. Nothing sacred anymore. Yeah, I know. Also, right? classic New York scumbags. If I'm if if I'm another team. Yeah, that's what I that's what I said when when this was brought to my attention. What is he going to be the Blue Jay fanatic, and now he's going to be Blue Furred? Like, also, if I'm another franchise, I'd want like what. Why would I want anything to do with that firm? Yeah, exactly. Could you imagine though if he goes Brandon, to like San Francisco or to to Baltimore and they try to dye him orange? And then he looks like gritty. Now we have two of them. That's my point. Is that like there's just no the, there's no end game here. There's nothing yeah. nothing like there's no nothing to gain for this. I was really hoping. To, I was really company. hoping to, to scare you into thinking about two gritties in the world, since I know how much you love gritty. And Gritty's irrelevant to my life. He's irrelevant until the the Flyers do something <laughs> that negatively affects the Bruins. But 
he's irrelevant because he's just a scumbag like the rest of that's not true. You're not a scumbag. He's a scumbag. Hey, Gritty has a drum in Gritty's NHL 20 that magically appeared out of nowhere. He's a magical whatever creature he is. You're saying that next year there's going to be a drum because it's in the game. No. In the game he has a drum, and Gritty doesn't know where it came from, so it's magical. He tweeted at right, NHL. Right, what I'm saying to you they, is what the NHL say. No, 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 not the NHL, at EA Sports NHL. What did the EA Sports say? Go fuck yourself? Uh, I think they just tweeted emojis at him. Maybe Classic they let tweet. out the cat out of the bag. Maybe Gritty is stepping up his game. His game I mean, he has Secret Maybe Service agents have... already, so I think his his game's already uh, it's up there. Can I ask a question? They created this character, and it came out looking the way it came out, and they said, yep, you know what? That looks so good. We want more of that. Like, yes, that's that's... That's the final product we're going to go for. Like, are you well, it was serious? supposed to look like the Fanatic. It was like, I, th- I don't think this firm helped create Gritty, but there was somebody who helped design, originally designed the Fanatic, helped design Gritty. That was sort of the point of him having like the the giant beer gut and all that shit. It was like to kind of look like, be like the Fanatic's weird cousin. Okay, but like, the, the end result that came out, and you're sitting here and you're like, you know what? This is it. This is our mascot. This is what I want. I don't know. I'm still in the I'm still in the camp that Should, thinks they wanted a so bad it's good mascot because it just drives the needle of conversation. I that that's my thought on on where grit on where everybody fell down on gritty because they could have gone something generic or something that was like like the Sixers have a they have Franklin the dog Franklin's great but like the dog has nothing to do with the Sixers and he doesn't stand out. He's not the first mascot you think of when you think NBA mascots. So I think the Flyers wanted where, to go with something so crazy. That everybody would have this weird, whether you're a Flyers fan or you hate the Flyers, like seemingly everybody does, that you'd have some sort of opinion on him. And now he's the topic of conversation everywhere. Where's the marketing team? Where's the marketing department to say, guys, what are we doing? I think that's it. I mean, the original whole reason why they wanted to get a mascot is because there was no Flyers presence when the Eagles came back with the Lombardi Trophy a year and a half ago. Did the Eagles win the Super Bowl? Yeah, they did. Yeah. Surprised you didn't hear. Interesting. All I know is the the Patriots won the last two out of three, yeah. weirdly enough. Didn't you see on the Area 51 memes they did one of, of NFL fans and they sent the Cowboys fans first and one of the one of the people one of the groups flanking was, was Philly fans still drunk after the Super Bowl? Nice. That's yeah. hilarious. No. Yeah, that's pretty funny. Yeah. And, uh, that's really funny. Yeah, I don't think Patriots fans were included on there. You'd think you'd think the strategic minds behind the six Super Bowls would uh would be included somewhere on rating area fifty one. Uh, they're they're too busy celebrating uh Tom Brady signing a two year contract extension. Yeah, is that 44. just a, is that just to spread the wealth out so he gets so like for the contract for the the salary cap or or what's the deal with that? Um. Well, he always restructures his deal because yeah, he always takes what... team friendly deals. But like this year, he's getting paid like. 30-something, like, he's getting paid the most he's ever been paid, been paid because they have the cap room, right? So they restructured it because they don't need to sign anyone else, so they said, all right, we'll give you the money this year um, in payments, repayments from all the other years. And the other thing is that they added to this contract was they cannot franchise him, mm. and there's something else they can't do to him. They can't tender or whatever. So basically, if 
you know, if his contract runs out, he's free to do whatever the hell he wants. Interesting. Like they they put it in the clause. There's a clause in there that they cannot franchise him. Interesting. What happens if he does retire before it ends? Do they own the money still, or isn't there something about that that like it could, you could fuck with the salary cap? What happened when Gronk retired? I don't know. You tell me. What's the Patriots cap situation like? Just spent, they just gave a bunch of that money to Tom Brady. All right. Yeah. Uh, no, I mean, and and all the big stories are. That the contract is actually trolling the Falcons. Interesting. Because it's a two-year, $70 million contract, right? Okay. The deal the deal will pay Brady $23 million this year mm-hmm. and $30 million in 2020 <laughs> and $32 million in 2020. Is that what it is? The, tw- the 30 to 23? Was that the final score of the game? Yeah, so twenty. So because it was twenty three, it was so twenty three eight or twenty three seven. Those numbers divided by three, you get twenty eight point three million dollars, which is Brady's oh, average annual was. salary. That's what it was. It was twenty eight to three. Was the score? Yeah, <laughs> that's how much they were down by. Hey, I and mean, then they ended. Up, they ended up winning. Hey, you could also say the 30... Uh, no, never mind. That wasn't the final score. Uh, forget it. 28-3. I like that. So, and they are not allowed to franchise him in 2020. And the two years are automatically void on the last day of the 2019 league year. Sorry, wait. It's not allowed New England to franchise or transition tag him for 2020. The final two years automatically void on the last day of the 2019 league year, but he cannot be tagged. Brady will be a free agent. So once 2019 ends, he signed a three-year deal, but once 2019 ends, it can go void. The deal, the deal is expired and doesn't exist. So he'll be a free agent at the end of 2019. So it's just the ultimate. It's like the ultimate legal back channel to to re, to restructure his contract to make it more cap friendly, but it's thus... also like that's also what well that's also what Drew Brees did apparently in New Orleans. Oh, interesting. So it's Drew Brees' fault that everybody's trolling the Falcons. No, no the numbers aren't the same, but it's similar to what Brees did. That's why Brees is a free agent coming into this off season, uh... right? <laughs> so. I'm just excited for the Wentz wagon to return, man. That's all I'm excited for. And college football. There's, there's talks that, there's talks that uh, the Patriots defense is going to be top ten for the first time in forever. Interesting. Interesting. Week whatever, November 18th. Jordy. Eagles, Patriots in Philly. Jordy. GP. Hopefully the Red Sox win a game. You know, I know the pain of long losing streaks. It's been rough. But I, I believe in you. I believe that they'll they'll win something. Either be consistently bad or be, you know, consistently good. Like, this is... It's, yes. I mean, it's 3 nothing right now. Just pick one. Yeah. I believe in you. Just I, saying, like... I believe in the Red Sox, Greg. It's like, what's... 
let's string some series together. Yeah. Right? Oh, I'd love that. I'd love to see that shit, man. Anyway. Anyway, that'll Hi, do Cody. it for us. Greg, thank you as always. Here is yours. I mean mine. <laughs> Uh, thank you to everybody that still listened to our ramblings at the end. It was uh, great. This was a ton of fun. I'm, I'm glad we got to do this. I'm glad we're back. Um, and stay tuned. Maddie D and I are going to record our first football pods later this week. So be on the lookout for that. Make sure you subscribe. Again, the bullpen card on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Podcoin, wherever you get your podcasts. You probably are going to find us. Find us on Twitter, ThunderBLG, Thunderbug Sports, on Instagram, Facebook. And Greg, go Phillies, baby. Bye.